Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe related topics. I'm Frank. And this guy right here, that's Jeff. <laughs> and we are really lucky today. Today we have with us Will Gates and Michael Bayless. Hey guys. How's it going? They're the co-leads of Project Galassa, which um, which sounds really, really cool. Yeah, I've um, been a, a big fan of Galassa for a long time. They they had it at the arcade. Um, I used to go to after <laughs> yeah, school, and I, I had my Jeff, my name on the high score list for an entire I'm, summer. I'm I'm really sorry, Jeff. I'm afraid I'm going to have to burst that bubble. We're not an arcade game. Oh, yeah. Well, this Should has been fun. It's coming up to the yet. top of the hour. I guess we'll go. Well, I mean, we're here. We might as well talk about this Galassa thing. What what's what is it? Uh, okay, so uh, um, Galassa is a integration test framework um, for running integration tests against applications that use um, System Z or the mainframe. Now, is it specifically built for for Z, or is it something that's been extended, or like how how did this come to come to existence? Okay, so it it came um, into existence because as uh, Kix, um, I'm also the, the Kix test architect and Mike is our, our DevOps architect for Kix, we needed a way of testing Kix and Kix applications. But of course, you can't just test Kix in isolation. You don't have uh, customers with Kix applications that just reside in Kix. They're getting input from MQ or from an API and they're sending off requests onto MQ and they're integrating with DB2. So we couldn't just test kicks in isolation. We needed a way of integrating um, kicks with other tools and testing that entire integrated stack. And that's where Galassa came from. Uh, we built an internal tool that allowed us to test kicks and DB2, and then it got adopted by other parts of the business. And we said, this is cool. This is something we, we really should share. So we've now open sourced um, a lot of that material uh, under the name of Project Galassa. So do you, you said it started as an internal tool, it went open source. Do, are, do you, are there other people outside using it now? Well, outside of IBM? Yeah. Yeah. So we <laughs> yes. got, um, um, projects we initially based Galassa on was called JAT, and that's grew in use on internal teams with IBM. We had around about six teams using JAT at one point. Um, as we started rewriting JAT for Project Galassa, we made it available in an alpha version. It's still in alpha version for external customers and internal customers. Now we have about three external customers who are heavily using Galassa at the moment, and we have around about three or four using Galassa inside IBM itself. Now those numbers sound a bit low, but it is really at the very beginning of providing all the functionality that the integration test will need. Can you give us like a um, like um, I was looking at the website and I saw like there's like the main components is like classes and streams. Can you give us like a, a pretty high level overview of like what I need to put together to, to start testing using this? So um, on Glassa.dev, we've got a whole set of stuff that helps you to get started. And one of them is a, a quick start guide where you can download a sample application um, as well as a set of tests. And you can run those tests locally on your machine. You don't need to have access to your mainframe. It all runs locally. And it gives you everything. It gives you the test cases, the sample application. And you can run those tests. You can run them. You can debug them. And you can see exactly what the test class does and how it does what it's doing and how it integrates with um, this mainframe-esque application. So does that mean that I don't need to 
uh, be running all this stuff on the mainframe? I could do it all on my workstation? Yeah, so a Galassa test doesn't run on the mainframe. It only connects to the mainframe when it needs to interact with a mainframe resource. Um, the actual test is written in Java and runs in Java. So it can run um, on your laptop. It can run inside um, an on-premise cloud. It can run pretty much wherever you need it to. And then it just touches the mainframe when it wants to interact with the mainframe resource. Is there a way of uh, recording kind of the, the normal mainframe uh, responses and, and save that so I, I can run these tests without being connected to the mainframe? But why would you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thought is if I don't have uh, a mainframe uh, with me, right? If you look at some of the other test environments, they kind of put this stuff, they say, well, here are likely responses from, say, kicks, and, and, and so that I can do kind of iterative testing on my own without being connected to the mainframe. Do you do okay. that or no? No, we don't. We are really focused on the integration stack. So there are tools you can use to do stubbed testing, but at some point there are going to be elements of your application that you can't test with a stubbed environment. And you actually want to see exactly, does my application work? Um, now it's been deployed through whatever kind of deployment process I have. Does the whole integration test work end to end? And actually for a lot of our customers, this is probably the testing that they've already got, but they're doing it manually because there hasn't been a tool to allow them to integrate all the bits and the tools together in order to run that test in a fully automated manner. So Galassa allows them to take the little, little bits of Selenium testing or little bits of JMeter testing or run a batch job or interact with a 3270 application and integrate all those bits together in a single test case and then execute that against the real hardware. So for a lot of our customers, they've probably been doing this testing already, but they've been doing it manually, and Galasso allows them to automate those tests and make them part of their continuous delivery pipeline. So how does that integration work? Like, is there a framework that you have to code the tests up in? Like, how do I take something that's been manual and turn it into a, um, not sure if I'm using the right terminology, but a, a class or that's, something? That's a really good question. So Thank you. let's take let's take the sample where, a user's already been using Selenium. So Selenium is a test tool to allow you to record interactions with a web browser and then play them back later. And now, is, that, is that really, is that kind of like exactly what it is? Like, you know, I'm going to hit record, do the thing, and then hit stop kind of thing? Absolutely. You, you oh. hit start, you do the thing, you hit stop, and it will generate you uh, a bunch of Java code to say this is how to interact with the Selenium tool in order to replay that set of events later on. Right. Now, what Galassa does is it allows you to take that Java code and just stick it into a Java test class and say, right, I now want to run that same piece of Selenium recording, but I want to do it within a Galassa test. Now, why would you want to do it within a Galassa test? Because you've all you've done is you've automated, as you put it, Jeff, the thing. <laughs> what you want to do is validate that the thing actually did what it was meant to do in your system of record. Now, to do that, you may need to do other things like, uh, run a batch job or interact with some 3270 or run a, a ZOS command. And what Galassa will allow you to do is integrate those two things, the thing, and validate that the thing worked into a single test to allow you to say, well, I did the thing and I can prove that the thing did what it was meant to do. And I can correlate or pull together all of the artifacts from that thing doing what it does to prove 
that my, my system works and that the test has passed. To extend on what Will is saying, you have to understand where Galassa lives in the testing world. Mm. Galassa is not a unit-based tool. Okay, so what we realized some time ago, well, we'd say about 10 years ago now, that you can unit test individual components to the extreme but that doesn't prove it works with all the other components. So the point of Galassa is that once you've done all your unit testing, so we're not replacing your testing, we're going to supplement it. So you run all your unit tests as part of your build process or whatever, and you've got all these components in your hybrid cloud or on your mainframe talking to other servers. The point of Galassa is to make sure that all those things work in concert and work together. Otherwise, what you'll find is you get... Team A doing their unit test saying, right, I understand the protocols. I'm fine over here. You, you, team B says, yeah, I, I understand the protocols. I'm fine over here, and so on and so forth. It's only when you join those dots up and get them working together as they would in the in the real world do you actually know that your application is going to work from end to end. And it's Glass's job to actually do that. And what we haven't stated so far is that Glass's job is to make that very, very easy for the tester to join all those dots together. So it takes one line of one line of code to say, I need a Kix region. One line of code to say, I need a ZOS system. A couple of lines of code to submit a batch job. So we glass hides all that complexity of this integration environment away from the tester so they don't have to worry about, oh, my God, what JCR do I need? They just say, right, okay, I want to submit a batch job. I want to do this. I want to talk to the terminal and not worry about the complexity of the whole thing. So so you bring up kind of an interesting question, Michael. I mean, if the tester doesn't have to worry about all that stuff, how does one configure all, all that? Because, um, you know, I may have kicks, and that kicks may have a whole um, setup for this particular set of regions that may be unique to that application. Um, is that done by a system programmer or... Who, who manages all of that, that, that right. complex board? Yeah, okay. So we've got kind of a concept of a Galassa administrator or a Galassa team that would be um, a team within our customer who's going to use Galassa. They will be the subject matter experts on all the integration points and all the platforms that you would use in your application. You know, the, the real good gurus. They're the people who actually configure Galassa to set all the properties saying, right, okay, silly things like what the host name or your mainframe is, what the ports are, et cetera, et cetera. So they will configure, configure and set up all the properties in Galassa, and the testers just use that. They, it's kind of hidden from the testers. One of the concepts we got with Galassa is late binding. So when you write a test, you don't say, I want to run this transaction on server A.B.C. You don't do that. You just say, I want to run this transaction on a server tagged A. Mm. And Galassa's framework and the Galassa administrators will say, right, for tag A, you have all these servers you can choose from. So choose one that's free, and off it goes. So there's a late binding. You don't, you don't associate that sort of thing. So all that work of configuring it, making sure you've got enough capacity, making sure the resources are healthy – is done by a very core, very highly experienced team within your within the site. So that that kind of makes these what you set up somewhat portable and and less uh, fragile, I guess you would say, from from one yeah. test to another. 
And, and this is really one of the big benefits of Golasa. So if you think about the testing that we do internally, we are running hundreds and hundreds of test cases and we have mainframes scattered in several different locations in order to do that testing. Now, the last thing I need to have is the complexity of having my testers worry about where's this test going to run. They need to just be able to be focused on writing the test and making sure the test is a good embodiment of the thing that they want to prove. They don't need to worry about if it's running on this mainframe or that mainframe or QA or pre-prod. They just want to be focused on the test. And Galassa allows you to abstract all of that complexity away. And if the tester writes the test to, uh, for the Galassa framework, then the Galassa administrator keys in the details to say, well, we have this um, pre-prod system over here. We have these uh, test systems over here. And then when the test runs, Galassa does that late binding, as Mike talked about, to link the, the instance of the running test with the intended target platform. And because Galassa then handles all of the resource checking and making sure things are cleaned up after you, it means that you can start running not just tests one after each other um, in a single way, sorry, in a single threaded way, you can start to run them in parallel against a, a collection of um, test resources, which means you can start getting huge amounts of throughput for your tests. Is there something else that drives it so that it can run massive amounts of tests in parallel? Like, does it tie into other testing frameworks or is it uh, just something that you can instantiate multiple times? So we have the concept of the Galassa ecosystem. Now, what the ecosystem is for is to manage running those a large number of parallel tests. So you just make a single request to the ecosystem saying, hey, I want to run a bunch of tests. And it then says, okay, these are the set of tests you want me to run. I'll work out where they're going to run, which systems I can run them on. Um, I can manage how many tests you want me to run in parallel on each specific system. And I can basically start feeding the tests out to different test engines, start getting them to run, and it will manage that entire process. So because of that API, we've got links with things like Jenkins and other continuous delivery pipelines. So if you're using Jenkins as your pipeline, we give you a little Jenkins plugin that allows you to connect directly to Galassa um, and run tests as part of your pipeline. So one of the things we're also concentrated on, what, as part of the process of writing Galassa, we learned a huge amount of lessons with Jax, the, the forerunner to Galassa. And scale is one of the most important things that we have tried to make sure is available in Galassa. Now in JAT, in Kix, we run the maximum number of tests we can run at the moment because the resources and the way it works is 60 tests in parallel. And during the weekend, we run 100% of the time. And at the end of the weekend, we've tested multiple levels of kicks and run around about 1,800 test cases per kicks release. And you can imagine the numbers start scaling up there. For Galassa, we have deliberately engineered it so that you could run a thousand tests in parallel if you have the resources to do it. So <clears throat> one of my worries is that all these continual delivery and continual integration pipelines that you've got in place and all these J unit tests that are going on and all the rest of it and the concept of getting your development code to production as fast as possible I believe is not worthwhile unless you can test it to the fullest of your ability to make sure that everything you do works perfectly. It doesn't matter how fast your pipelines are. If you can't test it, then there's a waste of time. 
So my ideal, well, our ideal with Galassa and Jack was you to try and run as many tests as fast as you can, as accurately as you can, use as much resources as you can, so you can give feedback to your developers as quick as possible so that testing is no longer the bottleneck on your pipeline. So therefore, you lose the temptation to skip doing testing and to get your, your code up to production as fast as possible. And I think that's important because a lot of these tests, like we've already said, tend to be the types of tests that you've all, your, the organizations are already doing, but they're doing them manually. And Galasso allows you to kind of automate them, to free up those people. And you know, automation always tends to be a bit faster than doing things manually. So it means you get your responses a lot faster as well. So let's let's talk turkey here. Let's say um, I'm uh, I'm a customer. I do a whole lot of Kix development, and I'm I'm excited about this. What date should I put on my calendar to to say this is the day that I can reasonably expect to have my testing, or at least a, a significant portion of my testing, implemented using uh, Galassa? Well, I think the date you put on your diary is today because the the two. What? I know. Uh, it, <laughs> it's, uh, it's available today. Um, so we've, like I said, this is an open, uh, I don't know if I did say it actually. Did I say it? This, this is an open source project? I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's good. Um, it, it's because it's an open source project, we are, the, the, the main building blocks of a Glassa test are there and people um, can try it out today. Uh, we've already got customers in the field that are using Galassa to you know, start to test some of their applications and test some of their infrastructure. So yes, it's not it, we're not at version one yet, um, and there's still bits of it that we want to complete and finish, but there's enough there today for you to get started and to start building Galassa tests and running them in your own environment. Um, my job in these type of interviews and podcasts and presentation is to rein in Will a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. There is a basic okay. concept. I, I'm, I'm in trouble. No, no, no. <laughs> I just want to dampen people's enthusiasm like, just a tiny little bit and <laughs> lower their expectations a tiny bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Galassa is made of, of multiple components, as you can imagine. We talked about the ecosystem, which is the automation side of it to run these tests in automation. Galassa has a framework which, um, without getting into a lot of detail, it basically manages the test. On top of that, we have a concept called managers. Now, each manager is its best-in-class implementation of a product or tool that you want to use in the test. Okay, So we have, going to rule basics here, we have a 3270 manager whose job is to communicate with a 3270 terminal and give you all the facilities as if you were typing it in manually. Mm-hmm. We have a Kix manager, we have a Selenium manager, um, et cetera, et cetera, JMedia manager, you can, you can imagine. So we have a core set of managers that are available to for people to use at the moment. If you want to submit raw batch jobs, you can do that. Transfer files, no problem at all between that and ZOS. We even have a Kubernetes manager because that's how we test Galassa. We also have an OpenStack manager. So the power of Galassa is not in the framework, is not in the ecosystem as such. The power of Galassa comes from all these managers that manage the individual tools and products that you would like to use in your tool, even application level managers that understand your application, which the customer will write themselves. 
all these managers work in concert, obeying the rules, very few rules, but obeying what rules there are. Right. They work in concert to provide the tester to do their job as fast and as accurately as possible. Now, as I said, we have a core set of managers. As this year goes on, we are, we've got uh, gives count. Well, I think it's about 20 managers we've got reasonably at the moment. We expect yeah, yeah, over 150 true. managers at the end of this year. Okay. So as time goes on, more and more capability will be available for our people to use. But as Will says, they can download the tool now, run it on the laptop now, and they will reasonably quickly get an understanding of the power and the capabilities that will come down the line very soon. So, so these managers, they run on your workstation, right? The, the endpoints yeah. don't know they're talking to Glassa. They, they think they're talking to a user. Essentially, yeah, because one of the things we want to do is with talking with these tools, you would use the same sort of interface as a, cut, a user would use or an API consumer would use. So you get the choice, okay? It depends on the manager and what it was. For example, 3270, it basically simulates a 3270 terminal. Same as your host on demand or PCOM session uses the same technology as that, but simulates it inside the test. Now, all these managers, the framework when you're running a test exists in one Java JVM. So you run that Java, that Java program to kick off the test and then all shuts down at the end of the test and the JVM just disappears and goes away. All right, so it all runs wherever you want it to run. So when you're developing your tests, when you're developing your managers, when you're extending the framework, you would use your favorite IDE, which at the moment is just Eclipse and Visual Studio Code, but more will come along. But you would use your IDE to develop your test, run your tests, and when you're ready for it to run in the automation pipeline, you put it into a central repository, and you are 99.99% guaranteed that it will run exactly the same way, but in automation. Well, that's good. There, there aren't any shims on the mainframe or anything. It's all, uh, as, as far as you, once you get to Z, it just thinks you're just another, just now, another we, guy. You don't, yeah. we deliberately don't, we have deliberately made the decision not to require you to install any software anywhere to be able to run a test so we so for example if you're using batch you've got the choice between using ZOSMF and the other tool the rse and the rse interface yeah so if you want to submit a batch job you don't you don't install galassa software to do that on the mainframe you use what's already there ZOSMF or rse etc etc so yeah we use publicly external apis but that doesn't, as I say, it doesn't prevent you from actually doing that if you want to write a very specialized manager. Yeah, I saw in the configuration, there's a, a place to put in the, the ZOSMF uh, API endpoints. Yeah. And the really nice bit is because the we're providing an abstraction layer on top of the either ZOSMF or the RSE implementation, we have some um, customers who are looking at perhaps running Galassa tests as part of their pipeline um, before they've actually deployed it onto a real mainframe. So they're using um, ZPDT type technology to mm. virtualize a, um, a runtime environment, and they're deploying their application in there and then they are running a Galassa test against that environment. And when they do so, they may choose to use the RSE um, implementation of our file managers to interact with the ZOS file system. 
but later yeah, it's on, interesting. <laughs> they may want to run that same test, but against the QA or the pre-prod environment, where they, instead of using RSC, may want to use ZOSMF. And the nice thing is, because we've got that extra layer of abstraction between the test and the underlying technology, the test doesn't need to change or even be aware that it's using one implementation over the other. The test can just choose to run against either of those two environments trans completely transparently. Uh, we've been talking about this as a great kind of DevOps test tool, but it seems like it'd be a, a really good tool um, for businesses that are trying to figure out how to uh, create their infrastructure as a service kind of um, capability, right? So if I wanted to say, in order to make my app run, it needs to have this kind of environment, um, this could really help define that infrastructure's code model, right? Or, or even validate that infrastructure's code model. So right. yeah, when you stand up, a, stand up a your infrastructure, you can then run a set of tests that aren't necessarily testing an application, but are testing the resources that that application might need. Um, and we've got a few teams internally and externally that are, are, are thinking of using Galassa for exactly that. So testing to see if certain kicks resources have been enabled or have become enabled correctly, checking that they've got con the, co the correct connectivity between different parts of the infrastructure, and then pass if all of those, if all those tests um, come true. So yeah, it's, it's a really good use case. And I'll be honest, it's not one that we initially envisaged when we started working on Galassa, but over time it's become one that is, is definitely um, starting to um, have a lot of interest for some of our customers. We have an, an external customer, one of our early adopters, who have a set of Galassa tests that they run after every time they apply maintenance. So mm -hmm. they apply maintenance to ZOS or Kicks or any of their subsystems, or even their applications themselves. And once they've finished that, doing that on the weekend, they run all of those Galassa tests to ensure that everything's stood up, everything's perfect, everything's working. So, I mean, it's not just integration testing. Well, I suppose it is integration testing, it, but it's more than it can be used to validate systems. It's interesting because I had a little chat with the, the, the customer who'd implemented these tests, and they were saying that often they apply maintenance at the weekend, and um, he was applying the maintenance, and then he was doing the tests himself manually, um, and they were kind of all lodged in his head. And he's now really happy because he's getting around about an hour's worth of time back on a Sunday when um, he's finished doing the, um, he just finished, he does the uh, updates, he just presses a button, all the tests run, and if he gets a green tick back, he knows that he's good and he can go back and spend more time with his family. So I like to think that Galass is enabling more family time uh, across the world. Yeah, but yeah. How, many <laughs> how much family time have I lost right in the blinking product? <laughs> And and what about people who don't want to see their in-laws? I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> they could write more glass tests. What about uh, those of us with crippling video game addictions? Uh, <laughs> and, and we've gone full circle. Um. <laughs> so I, I have to ask. Why Galassa? Why why didn't you name it like Eric or something? How, how many months did it take us to choose a name, Will? You know, it, it turns out that the only thing harder than writing software is naming software. Um, <laughs> we, we spent ages trying to find a name that we liked. Um, and in the end, 
we, we, we came up with the name Galassa. Um, Galassa is a, a, a type or a genus of um, snout moth. Um, and it was a moth that was caught in between two legs of a valve on um, the very first bug uh, report. Um, and so, although we don't know it was a snout moth or not, uh, we like to think that that kind of has some relation to us being a, a defect or a bug tracking or a bug hunting type of um, tool. So, yeah, that's why it's called the name Galassa. Yeah, it's it a name that wasn't used by anybody else. It didn't sound awful, and it had a very tenuous link to um, bug finding. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely the TLDR, yeah. Ticks all the boxes. <laughs> It'll look rad on a T-shirt, you know. <laughs> yeah. T-shirts. That's a thought. We've got pin okay, badges. So, but um, we're definitely getting to the top of the hour now. Um, so, do you have any any more questions you need to ask? Jeff? Yeah, if you want to give out your your phone number for so people can call you when they have questions about it or something like that. <laughs> um, if you are interested in Galassa, um, Galassa.dev is our website. It's got all the details. Um, it's got our quick start guide, so you can get started with running Galassa tests on a sample application. We've also got our GitHub community where we're building the code um, and we've got our project management repository where you can raise issues um, and track what's coming in the next release. And finally, we've got our Slack community. You can get a link to that from galassa.dev and you can engage with the development team, ask questions um, and work with us to help well, help you get to help you get going with Galassa, but also help guide us in what kind of managers and what sorts of capabilities you'd like to see. Because Although we are, we have we have a plan of what we want to deliver. We're also listening to our um, customers, and because we're out in the open, it allows us to release. I think we've been releasing pretty much monthly. We had a bit of a break over Christmas, but we've been releasing monthly and allowing people to say, um, you know, this is what we want, and we've been able to change our plans to take on those that bit of feedback. Well, this is really this is really great. Uh, thanks a lot, Will and Michael, for for uh, lending us a few minutes and tell us about this. It's- it sounds pretty awesome. Maybe not quite as awesome as a video game, but still very awesome. It's up there. It's up there. Maybe on a pod. Oh, man, Charlie. <laughs> oh, man, Charlie. Run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.